This is no, don't touch it. No. This is just because the Human Experience Podcast. Episode number one hundred and eighty-four. Yeah. This episode was recorded July second. That was five months. No, six months ago. Oh my God. That's. Why do you want to talk about my madness? Because it's the lobo. It's good to talk about your feelings. My type. Why are you mad? Because you were teasing me. You don't have to yell. It's modern technology. You don't have to type. No, you don't have to type anything. You just talk into the microphone. This is why it takes me six months to post an episode. This is July 2nd. Today is January 7th, 2024. Happy New Year. Bitches. Why? Okay, I just dropped the kids off at a Carl's Jr. Can someone please go get them? My guests were uh, my friend Yvette, my brother Isaiah, and on his first episode of the podcast, Robert, my friend from Kickball. Why did I say Kickball? Uh, This was his audition episode. You tell me how he did. Enjoy. I hope it's 2024. My goodness. Wow. Hope you have big things planned. If not, I guess that's fine. Take care of yourself, I think. It's raining. We were supposed to have a kickball game today, but uh, that's not going to happen. So now I will be drinking and parenting. Wink, wink. (laughs) Oh, which Carl's Jr. was it? Where are you not welcome anymore? For me, it's gyms, apparently. Uh... (laughs) Hi, Bet. Hello. Can you hear me? Do you not want me to? No, oh. I just want to make sure you could hear me. <laughs> Got it. Okay. I want well, everyone see, to hear me. Robert's Robert's gone. He said, "Fuck oh. this, I'm not oh, doing this." I, he he didn't want to hear me. I'm sorry. He did it. <laughs> this is terrible. We're off to a bad start. <laughs> How you doing, Robert? Pretty good. How about yourself? I don't know why. Would you hear? <laughs> okay, good, good. That's what I thought. How you doing, Yvette? I'm good. Just chilling. Why? Today what? is my mother-in-law's birthday, so later, later, we're going to go have some dinner with her. Yay! Are you going to yeah. get her completely drunk? Yes, because she loves, oh. uh, like, strawberry margaritas, and I love tequila, so let's go. We'll do it. Oh, my goodness. Hopefully uh, she doesn't work tomorrow. I don't think so. Right? She, Most people don't. It, yeah, it's a... I think it's all right. What's up, Isaiah? Nope, he's done, too. So, <laughs> Robert, good to see you. Hey y'all. Good afternoon. Hello. Hello. Oh, I'm drinking, so I'll be I'll be good in a, a minute or so. Um, <laughs> we usually start off with the best and worst part. I'm looking like there's something. I'm reading a teleprompter uh, of our week. Robert, since this is your first episode that you've ever been on, and probably last, uh, 
<laughs> do you want to go? F- do you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Um, I guess first the good. So I've been going through last month or two. I've been connecting with a lot of friends and even some family members I hadn't talked to in quite a bit. Is some of them just because of life. Some of them, you know, they, they, I've been busy or they've been busy. And then um, sometimes it has been me kind of being scared, not scared, but maybe kind of like, are they going to want to hang out with me? You know, did I say something or did I get them bored? And they just, you know, so anyways, I reached out anyways to some of my, to some of them I haven't reached out in months or maybe a year and um, been got to hang out with two different group of friends. Um, one of them was uh, my friend and his husband were in town from Dallas and got to hang out with them uh, Friday evening. And then uh, Saturday, yesterday, got to hang out with um, another group of friends. Um, I hadn't hung out in a while. And so I feel like that's good news. It's just last couple of months, people have just been reaching out or I've been reaching out to them and have been having a good time. <laughs> as far as something bad, I don't be a big Debbie Downer, but I think something that got me down quite a bit was June's always weird when it comes to SCOTUS. Oh, and- great. Yeah. <laughs> so um so basically one of the rulings was i guess they can le- businesses can legally mm-hmm. discriminate against lgbtq folks there's a little too i started doing some investigation but i guess it carves out for anything that has to do artwork mm-hmm. artwork wise um they can so for those that don't know basically there is this website designer out of colorado that that didn't want to design a website for a gay couple. Apparently, there is no gay couple. She's just hypothetically saying, hey, I don't want to design a, a website for them. The um, but Colorado said, hey, if you're going to be open for business, you got to be open to everyone and anyone. And so she was saying that, hey, if she has to create a, a website for gay couples, um, it would go against her uh, religion. Mm. However, she still doesn't have mind, I guess, creating websites for gay people, just not for gay marriages or marriage of same-sex couples. Um, so anyway, that went all the way to Supreme Court. And of course, uh, the majority of the conservative or all the conservatives went 6-3, voted in favor of, of free speech. Now, they can't discri- supposedly you can't discriminate against you for being LGBTQ, but they can discriminate for that little part of they can't make uh, websites or stuff like that. Anything art-wise or free speech-wise, you can't obligate them to do for you. So... Yeah, and that got me thinking into like, hey, what, what, what's the purchasing power of LGBTQ folks? And so mm-hmm. I'm a very numbers guy. And so <laughs> apparently um, there's this there's this there's this company called the Pride Co-op. And so they do market research on LGBTQ folks. And so they said the LGBTQ community within the United States has one point six trillion dollars. So economy wise, we would be within the top 20 countries if we we're our own little country. So that's a lot mm. of purchasing power. So that puts us between somewhere like Mexico, South Korea, and um, I think they said Spain. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so it'll be interesting how this plays out and if people are going to be trying to discriminate against LGBTQ folks or use this ruling and, and see how it goes. So yeah, so I was bummed out about that. <laughs> You're right. Debbie Downer. No, um, they're on a roll. Uh, they did the affirmative action thing. There's something else they did that made me mad. But it just, yeah, it seems like a bunch of wins. For a certain group of people. Cool. Thanks, Robert. And also thanks for rubbing in our face that you're so popular that people just keep asking you to hang out. So very cool. Um, <laughs> Yvette, what about you? So the best thing this week, I feel like my best and worst, they kind of go together. Let me just go. Okay. So my mini me, <laughs> she's 15 
And very recently, like she's just been wanting to go to the gym and her mother-in-law works there. So as long as she's working there, we can go work out for free. Nice. But it's a drive, but like literally her persistence and motivation is like feeding me. And so we've been going every day for the last two weeks and it's been so good. I love running on the treadmill. Like that's my favorite thing. It's just filling that air and just opening the lungs. <laughs> but like as good as that's been, like the momentum's building, like the bad thing is that her daddy needed the car because he was out of town. So literally I haven't gone to the gym for like five days, four days, and it feels like forever and I miss it. And now like my momentum is stopped and my motivation is kind of like spiraling, but I'm yeah. trying to stay positive. I'm like Monday, I want to be back there. Yeah. But that's it. That's pretty much it. Cool. What if you lifted the couch or what if you I'm trying to think of stuff you could do on your own? I could. Try to I find someone to... at Target, not Walmart, because uh -huh. they'll try to, they'll really try to fight you. But at like Target, I feel like they'll just chase you for a while. Okay. So you can get your cardio in i'll just stop that, see that you talk to you all later no um <laughs> yeah i hope you get back in there then um Thank you. isaiah do you have a best worst part i, I, I do see. i do oh. i do um just want before i jump in sorry my my uh connection's a little in and out but both you robert and is it e yvette i'm sorry yeah. yep you said it right yvette yeah. robert and yvette um each of y'all like the whole Connecting with people, Robert, resonated with me a lot. I just want to acknowledge that. I feel like just me personally, like the busy life, constantly on the go, like kind of fall out of that. So like that capacity and ability to like reconnect, being reminded that like I got family, friends that love me and I love puts me in a different space. So I can imagine what it's done for you. And then Yvette, I would encourage you to think about a stationary bike. My wife picked me up one through covid um, I am a iron addict. I don't know what to call it. I just love lifting weights. So like oh. through COVID, since I couldn't, it just really, it really just sucked. But the stationary bike like really does make a difference. Okay. Um, I'm gonna try for that. me, yeah, for sure. On the topic of Walmart, we picked it up at Walmart. It was like less than a hundred bucks. But if you want to fight someone, you know, that one's yeah. on you. Yeah. I support the fighting event. <laughs> or you can get a bike. Whatever. Bike. Either way, you'll increase your, your heart rate. You mm -hmm. know, build that cardio. I'll start off maybe with the not so great. Um, my wife has been sick this week. And I think it's not necessarily that like, I mean, yeah, I see her struggle, which I, I really think just sucks. And I don't like um, and her having a hard time. But it's like... like the concept of her struggling like really impacts me in a negative way. So I really, that's been really hard um, to see her like just not well, not being able to sleep well and rest. Alternatively, a positive. I am three weeks into a new job position. Um, I work recently newly with uh, UC Santa Cruz and getting into this new workplace space environment. Like I keep saying like I'm in a good place in space and like recently I've like reiterated that or reframed it to say like, I'm in a great space. Mm. Like I really love my environment, my colleagues that I work with. They're extremely passionate about who they are and what they do and what they want to do. Um, in my former position, it was, it was kind of similar, um, but it was just kind of like nonstop. It just kept going and going and going. Um, and I feel like that's kind of the name and game of like a nonprofit um, but working with like the university now being on the quarter system, like there's breaks, which is going to be new to me, but it's nice because there's like downtime. 
it's not just like go 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 it's like time to breathe and i i, I jumped aboard like at the perfect time because it's like summer session and summer sessions kind of light there's just downtime everyone's taking vacation i'm fully remote for this upcoming week and then it's kind of like three days live two days remote or vice versa but yeah i'm just really grateful for that breathing room this transition and I think a lot of times transitions can be scary and overwhelming and intimidating. So much uncertainty, so much unknown. Uh, but I'm I'm just trying to like ride the wave, be present, and um, it's been just really nice. Yeah, I should have gone before you. I hate you so much. No, that that's awesome. I've, I've no pressure. I'm really yeah. I'm really happy for you. No um, wouldn't it be great if my my high was like an RB sandwich after after the three you went. My, you can't downplay my, that though. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes it sometimes it hits. I guess the the low I would say is one of my f- friends. I met. A, I'm a teacher. Friday was her last day working there, and she'd been there eight years. And so in the past year, I've lost three coworkers that I'm really close close with, uh, just because of things at the school, or or they felt like it was their time to move on. That sucked because I think I like being friends with the people I work with. Me and uh, Serena argue about this all the time. She's in the mindset of, I go to work. I don't make friends. Fuck you. Don't talk to me. I'll say, how are you doing? That's it. I don't need to get personal with you. And I'm very much like, what movie do you like? Um, <laughs> and uh, and then also, like I guess, the second level is these were these three were all people of color. I think it's important for kids to see different colors and walks of life of people i don't i don't know how it is uh with y'all and and school but it usually is a lot of white teachers and so to to have three go who are very passionate about teaching kids and um i'm one of the last um people of color uh, as a teacher there um so it's very weird so i i joke like well i guess i've i've no one to talk to except for these kids um (laughs) And so that that sucked. Uh, yesterday, for the high, we we went to a friend's house. It's Serena's best friend, and they have three kids. We have two kids, so we were playing. We swam. We drank this mango alcohol. I don't remember off the top of my head, and it was fantastic. And we ate tacos, and um, we just hung out. The kids hung out. They're running around all over the place. So it was very cool. It was it was really really nice. Um, and I'm current this week. I'm off for for summer break. And so it's going to be a lot of screen time and a lot of snacks, a lot of doing nothing. Hopefully I'll, I'll try to exercise a little bit. I'm, I'm on a kickball team with Robert and that's, I always joke, that's my only exercise. So for like eight weeks or, or 10 weeks, you know, I'm, I'm physical and I'm on top of it. But now that we're, we're on a break, I'm kind of losing it a little bit. So yeah, that's, uh, that's my high and low. Do y'all have song recommendation it doesn't have to be a new song that's out it could just be a song currently in this point in your life that's really hitting you a certain way um robert goodness um (laughs) so i've been going through um a sad boy i don't want to say era but just kind of the last couple weeks too yeah era's a long time don't (laughs) don't have a sad boy (laughs) um so when you asked me about like hey a song i don't know why this one came up to me but it's called evergreen Mm. by uh, omar apollo
and basically it talks about how um so a little about omar apollo he is mexican-american born in the midwest his family is from mexico or guadalajara i believe and so um anyways he learned how to play guitar and sing through youtube and he uh, uploaded uh he borrowed some money uploaded a song a couple years ago i can't remember if it was soundcloud and or spotify and then that just kind of just took him to to the big leagues i guess mm-hmm. and so he got signed on by warner records but anyways this song talks about um he's also lgbtq um and so he um t- the song talks about uh his, his man leaving him for a woman and how that broke him as a person and mm-hmm. so you know it kind of just reminds me whenever you, you have breakup and you don't see it coming you wonder they say hey it's not you it's me right mm-hmm. uh, and so you can't help but wonder, hey, what did I do wrong? What could I do better? Is it me? Am I broken? But then also the song talks about him like, hey, you didn't deserve me at all. But I think so I really like that song, too, because it doesn't just relate to heartbreaks. You could relate to any other type of things. But it's mostly the melody that really got me. But obviously, too, the, <laughs> the, the lyrics do get me. So sorry to be a little sad boy, but yeah, I'm recommending that song. And any any anything of Omar Pablo is pretty good. Cool. So check him out. I, I definitely feel the, it was me, right? I messed it up. There was something about me. Like er, er, anything that pops up or negative in my life. I'm like, okay, so I did something. I fucked it up. That's hard. That's hard to uh, push past, push through. Yvette, what is your song? So the last two podcasts, I've always recommended something the weekend because I too have been in somewhat of a sad girl era. Um, but <laughs> I wanted to eras. switch it up this time. I know, okay. I know. Um, and I wrote it down. It's called Jules, and I just recently discovered it. And it's just like this really funky little rap. It's by Illuminati Congo and Motive. Never okay. heard of them in my life. But um, it's just about like crystals and stones and the properties. Again, it's a rap. So it's the way he's able to rap all of this stuff and make it rhyme, but also like educate you on minerals and the earth and really just being grounded you know with nature and one with it between me and the supreme laughing truly lapis lazuli protects the inner veins greens brings me to my inner being i just felt i had been missing that again because i've been so sad and i'm like get out of that it's time for the headspace of just connecting again with nature and being calm and like homeostasis if you will um so that's the type of music i've been really trying to search for and if anything it's just finding me and it's a breath of fresh air i love that illuminati congo you said yes mm-hmm. that's a badass name cool yeah right I'll find that song and that artist isaiah yeah this one was inspired um by cali roots so if y'all aren't familiar cali roots is a big um like reggae roots festival out here in monterey county it was towards the end of May. Um, and I finally went. Like, I've been wanting to go since I transferred to Cal State Monterey Bay back in 2014. So what is that? Six, like, nine years later, finally, I got to go to the fest. It was a four-day festival. I only made it to two days. Uh, what made it even better was I um, went with my two younger brothers. Hmm. Um, So, like, that was just really cool to be able to do that with them. Now that they're a little bit older, like I'm the eldest out of all four of us, um, one of them passed, but the two younger ones, just me kind of having to wait to do like stuff like that with them. So that was really cool. Um, one of the headliners was Sublime with Rome. Prior to like getting to the 
festival, like I was just like in the mode. So I was listening to like a lot of Dirty Heads, a lot of Sublime, a lot of Revolution, like just kind of like getting ready for it. And uh, one song that came on was a Sublime with Rome um, called Light On. And like I heard it and I was like, oh, it's a cool song. And I heard it again and I actually started to like listen to it, like listen to the lyrics. Mm -hmm. And like I kind of mentioned earlier, like of just being in, like, unfortunately, I feel like I fall into like um, autopilot zombie mode i call it where i'm just kind of going through the motions day by day and then i'll wake up and i'm just staring at the ceiling one morning i'm just like what happened what's going on where am i my wife will look at me she's like are you like contemplating life i'm like yeah like i really am like having one of those moments you know um and what this song like definitely hits there of like being so caught up and like i encourage y'all to take a, a listen to it i think it opens with I hardly take vacation. Like, I don't even know that, like, my friend's kids and just, like, being so caught up in it, you know, not being mm. present, not being there. And it just reminds me of, like, the life we live of, like, trying to survive. Um, a concept, like, I shared with my new team that I learned before in my previous role from my clinical supervisor. Like, she told me, like, you're doing too much human doing. You're not doing any human being. Like, you're just doing too Dang. much. That's right? good. Yeah. Yeah. So like be a human being. Stop human doing. And I'm just like, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm writing that one down. I'm, I'm typing good. it. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> that's great. Can you repeat the name of the, the song again, please? Yes. Light on. Sublime Light on. with Rome. I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think I know that song. That's fantastic. Yeah. Again, I shouldn't have gone last um I, I love dancing and um i back in the day we'd go to me and my fraternity brothers uh would go to to bs west a lot it's this lgbtq club in in scottsdale and i love pause on that and i love kind of just remixing songs in my head and just putting sort of a, a house beat under a uh, maybe a hip-hop song and then just seeing it differently uh, and I love doing that. And so the artist is Mosi Man, M-O-S-I-M-A-N-N. Maybe it's Mossy Man. Uh, but they did that to Milkshake. My Milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. My Milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. And they're like, it's better than yours. Damn right. It's better than yours. I can teach you, but I have to charge. So fun, and I love. And if if I can go BS West, BS West, if I could do that under it, then I'm like, oh, that's a song that uh, would be playing at BS West. Although that's a newer, like that song wasn't out when I was going out, and uh, I could just see me and my brothers having just a night, and it just took me back to those nights where we just we'd be out all night, it'd be fun, where I could have five hours of sleep and be cool the next day. I can't do that now. <laughs> uh, that's not happening now. It's cool. It's, it mixed up, you know, hip hop. And then the the under it, and so it's it's very cool, cool little remix to that song. I have questions before we get to it. Isaiah, you wanted to talk about something. Do you want to jump into it? Yeah, we can. So coming, I mean, it's in, up to you. <laughs> yeah, we can dive right in. So it's been kind of like heavy on my mind and in talks as of lately. Um, like I mentioned, transitioning to UCSC. 
I'm just kind of reflecting on like education and public education and paid education, um, thinking about like the K through 12 system um, in a way of which like that prepares, it prepared me nothing for college and beyond, to be honest. And I feel like it's a common general concept of like, why am I taking algebra? I'm not going to need it later in life. Like, you know, kind of true. Very true sometimes. That's a good impression of me. That was really good. That was great. Spot on. Nailed it. Yeah. And yeah, like I just remember like being in high school, English in 12th grade, and it was a packed classroom of 45 students. Damn. Yeah. And then I remember um, like I had a friend that graduated a year after me. He was going to community college and he was doing like intermediate math the math before like algebra or college algebra and like he was struggling and i was just like bro like how did you make it through high school and i thought about it and it's just like they just pushed you through to mm-hmm. just you know get you through and that prepared you for like nothing mm-hmm. and it wasn't only that it was also english like i want to say like eighth grade grammar and i was just like i'm not bashing you but like this is something that like, i wish you got support with because here you are 1920 and like you know it's it's just left you crippled essentially but yeah i just wanted to see what y'all thoughts were in a in a in a way to like critique the k through 12 system me coming from california i'm thinking y'all are coming from arizona yeah, yeah. cool so bringing some diversity to the room in that capacity um so i'm curious like what did things look like for y'all in like the k through 12 system um, and I'm not too sure if y'all pursued education like higher after that or what that might have looked like or maybe from your peers or family. Hmm. But yeah, I'll open it up from there if anyone wants to chime in or jump on. Yeah. I mean, uh, I could say from my personal experience currently, like um, going through high school and then doing some college, uh, it definitely was a struggle for me. I had no help and not even my teachers could help me, I felt. Uh, so everything that I managed to succeeded ultimately i did it myself and it was a struggle and like you said like the teachers the education i know they tried their best there are a few teachers that i freaking hold like to this day to my heart i love them so much they did not let me fail but for the most part it it, like you said they're just getting you in and out it's something you have to do and then you're on your own after that and having my own daughter go through the system it's i feel like it's gotten worse like her high school i don't even it does not compare. This girl has no homework and I don't understand how she has no homework. Sometimes I like the idea of like, okay, you work all day at school. Maybe homework is fine not to have it, Mm -hmm. but through high school, she's going to be a junior next year. She has no homework, never has had homework. Um, Everything's online. There's like no writing. And I hate that. I don't like, there's no like Mm. actual paper and pen type of a situation. Everything's just on the computer. I'm personally disappointed. And as a mom, like, I don't even know what kind of power I have when it comes to that. I'm so like out of that one, like when it comes to education and and bettering it for my daughter, I don't even know what to do, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think you just go to the school board meeting and tell them to burn all the the gay books. I think that's, is that that it? That that works, right? I think (laughs) one approach. Yeah, That's that's one approach. All right. Someone write that down as a a suggestion for Yvette. Um, (laughs) Perfect. Robert, do you, do you want me to stall? I can, I can go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I I guess I, so I grew up in Phoenix and I grew up in the inner city and um, the bad side of town or one of the bad sides of town. And so 
I I was always in honors classes. I was trying to, you know, do my homework and do a little extra and pushing myself all the time. And and so I went if I from tenth middle school, seventh and eighth grade, and then high school, most of my classes were um honors. And I don't want to say they were a breeze, they were just enough of a challenge for me to hey, I have to do, you know, some reading and actually care for it. But I, it was, I, I could see with other peers, like, hey, man, how did you end up graduating with me, you know? And mm-hmm. sometimes even in college, too, I'm like, how did that dumbass graduate, too? <laughs> it's too. And I'm just thinking, like, Let's call hey. him out. Who is it? No. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of them. Okay. I, it's interesting because, like, I, so I don't work in education. I got, I got my, um, so I, I got my degree in accounting and I did accounting for about eight years or auditing specifically. And I'm in tech now, but I felt like I, one of the most important classes I took was a tax class. I thought this would be the most boring class ever, but it ended up being my favorite out of all my accounting degree classes. Um, but this professor in particular, she got her doctorate in taxation. And so she would also teach some of the basic accounting classes, but she was very dry. But when, as soon as she got into taxation, she was a whole different professor. But we'd go through the 1040s and kind of go like line for line. And, how, and so learning about how a business runs, how a business runs and taxation helped me personally with my finances. I'm not a multimillionaire, but I know a lot better how to take care of my money. And so I'm like, how do we not take, how do we not have these classes in high school? Mm-hmm. You know, about mm-hmm. taxation, t- t- talk about uh, personal finances, you know? And so it does scare me, but I'm just like, I don't know what to do, but I'm like, I, I've tried to participate in groups that help kids get into college. Um, I'm like, Hey, I can help that way. But being a teacher, First, y'all don't get paid enough to put up with all that stuff. Nope. And then um, it's just too stressful. I'm like, hey, man, I'll help y'all make, make that bridge from high school to college and then, you know, transition to career because I'm also first gen college graduate. One thing that helped me out, too, was being part of Upward Bound, which is a trio mm-hmm. program, which helps people that are people of color, first generation college graduates, low income. And I hit all three of those. And so um, that helped me out a lot to uh, going um, to summer bridge programs that they provided and then also, um, hey, this is college. This is how you do college. This is a professor, what do you call those, um, office hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very grateful. And I think that's what helped me out quite a bit was having um, the motivation, first of all, to want to succeed, take those honors classes, and then having Upward Bound mm-hmm. help me out mm-hmm. in college. Just looking at those college degree classes I took in finance and applying to my personal life that I think would have been very beneficial to high school kids. Yeah. That, that's one of the things I I think should be yeah taught in high school. I think maybe if you go younger, that's, that's way over their heads. But I've always thought some sort of psychology should be taught in high school. I mean, I don't know about y'all's high schools, but even sociology or, or family studies, like that stuff should be taught, I feel. I feel a lot of those issues with when you're in high school, you're trying to figure yourself out. Maybe it's with dating or maybe you're you're starting to push boundaries at home. Figuring out the roots of of stuff would be great. I K through K through twelve, I'm Asian, so it was it was really it's really daunting. No, I yeah, they just all the way through. it was it was A's and then I got beat when it wasn't an A plus. It was a Filipino. Isaiah, you know what I'm talking about. Um but uh, <laughs> high standards. Uh yeah, the pressure more was at home. Yeah, they don't really prepare you school at least what for me for life ahead and it sucks now being a teacher and i sort of see the the other side of the curtain and my wife she works at the 
Arizona Department of Education, like for the state. And so she tells me stuff that's going on. And it's not even a lot of it's not even up to teachers. And when I made the joke about like the burning, burning the gay books, like parents are running what the kids are learning in a lot of these, a lot of states. And uh, instead of having a conversation as to why that will for that specific thing, like why that would help a kid, you know, to see characters that they might relate to. <laughs> so a lot of times it's out of the teacher's hands for stuff. If if the books are shitty, if they don't have enough materials. I, oh, Yvette, I, I wonder, is your daughter smart? No, like is, uh, like, I've because I've heard of the no homework thing, like a mm-hmm. pink dragon, I've heard of this. And I, I wonder, like, is that approach working for them? I don't know if you've seen, like, does she show anything? It's um, not working. It has oh, okay. not been working at all. I I encourage homework. I ask if I can help her. Mm-hmm. Grades freaking suck. I see, like, the negative side of it. And she'll tell me, like, don't worry. I talked to my teacher. Like, they're pretty much just giving us all the answers so we can pass the test. And I hate that approach. Like, you're not learning anything. There's there's nothing there. You're it's a free ride and it's and i don't even know i don't know what it's going to look like for her i sent her to summer school right after she finished freshman year because she failed algebra Mm -hmm. one two and i i don't even like how they i don't like her school personally we're really considering on changing it Mm -hmm. um but i felt so bad because she barely passed it and she had her whole summer at home just on the computer. It wasn't fun for her. And then they still put her in the same class the following year. I told her to talk to her counselor. That never happened. So she took it three times. Why? I don't know. I don't know. It's It really is disappointing. I, I try yeah. to encourage her because I just want her to mentally be healthy because I know like that's also very hard on her to have all that pressure and then not to see grades going up and mm-hmm. whatnot. It, it's really hard. I think for a parent, it's it's kind of a, I don't know what to do. Yeah, <laughs> I just try yeah. to be encouraging, but it definitely is hard. That doesn't even, see, that sucks because you can't even identify if the no homework thing works because it sounds like the school is just shitty, like how they handle mm-hmm. things anyway. It'd be interesting to see like if, because everyone learns differently and some people excel with like work at work at home or working in groups or whether it's verbal or on a computer and if they're not taking the time to figure out what would help her, that really sucks. I'm sorry that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to be encouraging. And I don't know, maybe I think that I'm really glad that this topic was actually brought up because I, as a parent, feel so helpless in this school education system. But I realized that I could totally just do my research, be more a part of it and parents show up right they're the ones that talk about what not to do at the board meetings or what the pto Uh meetings. i've never been to one i felt like i never needed to but Mm -hmm. now that i'm really really thinking about this i i need to be there (laughs) yeah do something it's enigmatic huh Huh? Ah, it's a riddle um But don't don't ask about burning the books. Um, no, or banning the books. Pop in uh, like one of those I'm flash drives. Yeah, since it's all electronic, pop in one of those flash drives. Oh, that's true. Crashes um, everything. Oh man. Yeah, what you're saying about like being a parent, I feel like that definitely changes the perspective, the understanding of everything. Uh, my daughter, she's seven. She's going into second grade this upcoming year. And my wife and I are contemplating and debating on whether to get her into a private school. I'm seeing that she's in like a public school system. 
seeing that like we're essentially in a low low socioeconomic um community basically to the point where like i don't know how this is like community state level wide everywhere um i remember being a kid like to get free lunch you had to apply mm-hmm. and that was based off of income the way our community works our district it's already categorized as such a low income like you don't have to apply everyone gets free lunch so Robert, I saw your eyebrows go up. <laughs> you know, I feel like you know that that says something, right? Yeah. Essentially, where we're at, we're like on the central coast of California. We're pretty big and well known for um, agriculture. A lot of growing strawberries, artichokes. There's just a lot of agriculture that goes on here. A lot of migration. A lot of working families, dual income families. So what does that mean? That means like kids are at school all day. They're at after school programs all day. It's not that parents don't want to be there. It's that sometimes it's just there's no capacity and that they can't. Mm-hmm. You know, I can go off on a tangent leading to where that's going to lead their kids to be. Mm-hmm. I guess to speak further on my former role, um, I worked with a nonprofit, um, working with current and former foster youth and probation placement. So learning their stories, my parents weren't there. My mom this, my dad that, my grandma this. Like when it really comes down to it, it's not the child's fault. No. A lot of times people think about like these systems, it's like blame the parents. Oh, like when it comes down to it, the parents are doing the best they can. Robert, you mentioned like first gen, whether it's migration, education, whichever it might be. Like you think about that, it's like, well, my parents never really got the training or understanding or parenting that they needed to make me better. And this is where I feel like generationally millennials, I love us so much. We're able to make that shift. A lot of us, I'm not going to say all of us, a lot of us are able to make that shift of seeing like my grandparents did this to my parents, my parents did this to me. I'm not going to do this to my generation, my future kids or my kids. And like, I made that active decision. And I think, Michael, like we've had these conversations of like the way we were raised, our parenting, it looks nothing like what I do with my daughter. Nothing at all. And I'm grateful for it. There's times I'm upset with myself because a little little things here and there leak. My wife catches it. She calls me out and I love it. I hate it at the same time, but I love <laughs> it. She calls me out. Um, and I have to, you know, correct myself. And it's not for me. It's for my daughter. It's for my family. Um, but yeah, just going back to like being a parent, like it just makes that much of a difference. And like, yeah, going back to wanting to put her into like a private school. Um, it'll be a Catholic school. Um, I'm not very religious. I'll say I'm faithful to capacities. I've had a lot of reason for doubt. It's something I'm personally trying to work through. My wife, Catholic, very religious. So that like I'm I'm grateful for and that's something that my daughter can learn. Aside from that, like I got to this concept of like, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of times hopefully you get what you pay for. We would have to pay for this education and institution. Mm-hmm. That compared to like a public school, like sometimes, you know, you get a young, fresh out teacher, they're very passionate, they love what they do. Two, three years in, they see how the system sucks. The structures mm-hmm. suck. They're burnt out. They don't want to do it anymore. This is where I like, I really want to go down that path for her and want to go that route. Robert, you mentioned like the uh, programs for like disadvantaged populations. My wife does programs like that. She works, um, she's dropped like upper bound um, before and like bridge programs. I think this summer she does a summer bridge program. Um, she It's called Senior Odyssey. And they spend like two weeks at UCSC getting them ready for like further education. Um, She's a college facilitator. So she does like programming and workshops for cohorts. 
supporting them towards higher education programs, career stuff like that. So I'm astounded to hear that like you were essentially like a product of that almost like you receive those services and you are where you are because of that support, right? Yeah. A lot of times that support's not there or folks overlook it or they don't even know what it is. Um, but out of those folks that it touches, it can really make that much of a difference. Uh, Michael, you mentioned like policy change. Oh, that's my take from it. But like, there's levels I'm learning. And I'm I, like, I'm three weeks into UCSC. My second week, we did this like all advisor and counseling training or meeting. I was kind of blown back because like some people know filter. They're like, this, this sucks. And these are like professionals. I'm like, yo, like, <laughs> all right, this is where we're at. Let's go. Um, but like calling out the system and it's like, this isn't working y'all suck this is why and we're not getting any support basically and it made me think about like systems in terms of like for example you have like the students right and then you have the frontline service folks the teachers the faculty the counselors the advisors then you have like the admin the principal vice principal then you have like the community leaders the state leaders the federal leaders and it's like when we talk about policy, it's like all of these big wigs, big heads, like making these policies mm -hmm. for their own best interest. Mm -hmm. It's not impacting positively the kids, the students, the teachers. And given that, everything's going to be a timely process. Let's say, I don't want to discourage you, Yvette. And I want to say that, say hypothetically, someone goes to like one of these parent-teacher office meetings, advocates for their children. Okay, that happens. Maybe they do it again the following week. It happens again. They do it the following week. Then something actually happens. Petition, petition taken up to the mayor, to the county, to the state, to the federal. We're talking like maybe a year, two years for policy to be modified, changed, implemented. Mm -hmm. Another two years for finances to come through. Mm -hmm. Another two years for actual change to happen. By that time, that student's already done with school. Yeah. Yeah, should be out of school by then. Yeah, and I hate to say things like that. It's the reality. the reality. Yeah, yeah. Damn. And I could see we're like feeling that no power, no control. But this is my blood. This is my family. This is my child. I want the best for them, and this is what we're given, and this is what we can work with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I got ahead of myself too much. Maybe I brought this subject up for I don't know what else. No, it was it was meant was to be, honestly, because like. I have until the end of the month to decide if I'm going to keep her in the school or I'm going to switch her up. And I literally, for the life of me, cannot make up my mind. It's so hard. And I'm reading this book, Think and Grow Rich. And I'm on the chapter where we're talking about decision making. And it says that successful people are able to make decisions quickly and change change them if they need to slowly versus people who procrastinate take forever to make a decision and ultimately nothing ever gets done and i am the queen of procrastination and i hate that because i literally feel so stuck um and this is something i have to decide on and and i say oh you bringing this up it's just like it's literally what i needed to hear because this is going i feel like i already know my decision honestly after the way you just talked i know that i need to look into this other school real quick but Mm -hmm. thank you i think mm -hmm. it was meant to be it's a hard topic but it needs to be discussed clearly yeah. yeah as you mentioned that like that's something i came across too like i remember the high school i went to i was like i want my daughter to go, or i want my kid to go here eventually one day right like i love my high school the goods the bads whatever i love my community but now i look back and it's like 
understanding the way districts work, how finances work, how like taxes, money, communities. And it's like more money goes into the higher socioeconomic areas. Mm -hmm. Less money goes into the lower. Mm -hmm. So I got to this point of like, what if like we move somewhere that's nicer? What if we get our kid into a nicer school because of a nicer area? Are they going to get a better education? Are they going to get more attention? Things, this, that, and the other. And then I'm like, I have these internal conflicts. Like, am I bougie now? (laughs) You know, like, I might sell out like... No, I have, there's a school two blocks, elementary school two blocks away, and our son is starting school kindergarten on the 19th. Uh, so it'll be, he won't be at my school anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, we thought either that one, and we live in a not great area. And so we chose to put him in a school in Tempe, which is uh, very nice and a lot of whites, white people. Um, and so that I, I went through that too. I'm like, man, how many... So we went to tour the school. I'm like, all right, how many brown and black people are here? Let me see here. That's one. Two. Okay. Let me see uh, how many. Uh, and it's, I'm looking at all the teachers. I'm like, ah, oh, they're white. A lot of them are white. What are we doing? Um, <laughs> and it's, so now I'm starting to think of stuff to do to sort of compensate for that, to still give him that, that diverse, you know, Culture. people he's around to let him see that it's not just one group of people or or whatever it may be. Sometimes I'll just leave him like three blocks away. And I'm like, just walk home. Uh, I'll like, I'll haze him. No, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I just to let him feel something. But um, no, I, I definitely feel you on like, damn, am I bougie? But not if you make it up in other places. So like give him one ply toilet paper. So two ply, <laughs> like find other things to like not help Alex him so out. much. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, um, I got egged once just standing at the bus stop after school, just waiting. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it wasn't just me. It was a group of us just waiting at the bus stop, but someone thought it'd be fun. So that's the experience of going to Camelback, you know? And I, I was going to say, I also got egged, but then we also went to the same high school. So yeah, uh... there it is. And that's actually one of the schools that she wants to go to. And I'm like, mm, I, it's a lot prettier now, though. I don't know how they are education wise but like know. the buildings are nicer like when they I are nicer <laughs> um but you can you can dress anything up i guess and still be the same mm-hmm. did the three of us get the answer right isaiah did we did we win more or less i mean i just wanted to bring more it or less. up share your thoughts i thought we gave yeah. great answers this is true this is true phenomenal <laughs> answers i guess B-minus. i wasn't necessarily I'm just kidding. Yeah, necessarily looking for answers but more of like yeah yeah hear the vibe out there what's going on I think it it can improve a lot, and then just do our best. I mean, that's that's the shitty that's the shitty thing is like we're doing our best, but I mean we are. And yeah, thinking about it, as I mentioned, being at like that advisors and like counselors like day meeting retreat thing, one of the persons that was like highly expressive and advocative, she was like, "Some of these old folks just need to die." Oh, <laughs> I've thought that too. Hold on, she's not wrong. <laughs> Uh, yeah yes and yes and like it was like it was like what was it that movie white chicks they were like you thought it well you said it i was like that's what it was was." and i was like damn like there's some realness within that i can't believe she said it but i'm glad she did yeah like you know all of these policies and things of like what k-12 education should be Mm -hmm. um robert you're mentioning like learning taxes and like working in my previous role 
essentially like I was almost a third parent that a lot of these youth didn't have. Yeah. I was doing a lot of independent living skill building, helping them file their taxes, helping them finish their schooling, creating resumes, doing mock interviews, furthering their education, employment, um, helping them get their driver's license. Like a lot of stuff that common folks that have like maybe a family structure, a common family structure would get support with. Yeah. And these folks, these youth, they didn't. Um, and I'm just like, why isn't this being taught in high school and like things that mm -hmm. actually matter? Yeah. Like, why aren't y'all doing practice job interviews? Why aren't y'all learning about taxes and systems and structures? Why aren't y'all doing like all of these things? Because when it comes down to it, like, what is it that y'all really want after these, these kids graduate? Like, where mm -hmm. is it that you want them to go? What is it you want them to do? Yeah. It makes me think of this concept of like, are we just putting like a bandaid on the crack on the wall? Or are we actually going to spackle and paint it and repair it? Because eventually the crack is just going to continue to get bigger. Mm -hmm. and we'll put another bandaid and another bandaid. Like it's a temporary fix, but not really addressing and really focusing and working on the solution. Thanks for doing that to us mentally. Um, <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Uh, I have questions for y'all. What is the scariest non-horror movie? The Matrix. Is that a horror? I don't know. No, it's but... not a horror. That's not a horror movie. Perfect. Why, why, is it, mine. why is it scary? Because in this world, um, I'm very much like, you know, the nature girl. We're one with nature. Um, I feel like with that saying, right? Like the whole, where is it? You're doing too much human doing and not enough human being. Like we're literally sentient beings on this planet and sometimes we get so caught up in society and in life and that's the matrix and i think a lot of us you know become zombies like in the zombie mode and we're just literally surviving waking up every day and just doing mm -hmm. what we're told to do paying our rent eating whatever it may be we're just doing going with the flow and the scary thing is that we could do that for the rest of our lives and die. And we never lived. We just survived in this lifetime. And I don't want that for me. I want to live. I want to experience. And we really are in the matrix. A lot of people are asleep and they don't even want to wake up. They're comfortable. They would rather not learn and grow and experience so much more. And that's fucking scary. Yeah. I need to, I need to rewatch that movie. I thought it was about, Watch it. I thought it was about a, a toaster and his friends. Running. Oh, through I the love forest. that movie with uh, the blanket. Yeah, with the no, blanket uh, and a vacuum. So no, yes. that's not that movie. All right, um, no. Robert Isaiah, go ahead, Isaiah. Yeah, I uh, was just watching this documentary with my wife, and I kind of regret it. Okay. Um, it's on Netflix. Take care of Maya. I don't know if y'all have heard it or seen it. Uh -uh. Um, I think it's just dropped. I'm pretty new, but it's essentially like this family. Um, the daughter is experiencing a lot of like strange and adverse like symptoms. Essentially, like they take the daughter to the hospital. The officials, the doctors, the admin, they accuse the family of um, child abuse. Mm. So they have the child removed from the family. And that wasn't the case at all. The child was misdiagnosed. Like, I'm not going to spoil it. Like, if y'all are interested, I encourage you to check it out. But the new fear unlocked that my wife identified and apparently is one of mine now is like there's this thought like my child is ill this person is ill let's take them to the doctor take them to the hospital to get care one of the parents that was also like victimized they were like i brought my two kids in that were sick and i left with none <laughs> like, what does that even mean like That's horrible 
they're talking about like parents being institutionalized and jailed, kids entering the fostering system, care system, because of these um, accusations that weren't even true. The children, a lot of the kids just rare diseases, misdiagnosed, but it was assumed because they couldn't identify a diagnosis must be child abuse. That is super scary. My brother jumped off a couch at two years old. We were all playing. I'm the oldest of three. And he broke his leg and my mom took him to the doctor. My mom got kind of like questioned about what happened, like 21 questions and all. She felt the vibe in the room that she let me know. I'm pretty sure you're going to be questioned by a police officer at some point. Sure enough, I'm in nap. I'm a kindergartner and a police officer comes to my school to ask me what really happened. Like it was insane. Thankfully, you know, just honest, he jumped off the couch, broke his leg and that was the end of it. But I, as a little five-year-old, like I could see the fear in my mom's eyes and I knew like, oh shit, I have to protect my mom. And I have to tell them like, she didn't do shit. It was literally us being kids. Yeah. That sucks. That's definitely a fear. Yeah. Uh, That reminds me of um, this movie on Netflix. I care a lot where it's about, it's more about old folks homes um, and how they can, They'll just drug the old people and then they get more money from insurance the longer that they're in there. And so when family goes to visit, they seem out of it because they're so uh, medicated. They're like, well, I guess it's good that grandma's here. Uh, they're helping them a lot. and But they don't know that all this shit is happening. Yeah, that's the scary part is when you're you're not able to or you sort of lose that voice and these institutions are fucking with you. Um, I, I could solve for you, Robert, some more. My movie... It's it's about this old man. He lives his life and and he's married and he loses his partner and he sort of lives a longer time without her. And then the neighborhood's getting cleared out until it's like his house. And they're like, we want to buy your house. And he goes, fuck you. I don't use my house. I've lived here my whole life. So he decides, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go on this. I'm going to go on one last adventure. Like he kind of can feel like he's maybe passing away. And uh this little Korean boy scout shows up and he asks him if he could help him with something. And these balloons release from the house and he goes off. I'm talking about up. So up was, that's what it was. That's what it is. Sounded so familiar. How terrifying. (laughs) uh, It is. I I have a huge fear of being alone. And so when I, when I think about that movie and like my loved ones being gone and, uh, and then also going to a strange place with this little boy. And I go, oh, my God, little boy, I'm just trying to do my thing, please. And then there's a bird and a talking dog. And this <laughs> other old man trying to kill me. Terrifying. And we have these balloons. No, I'm sorry. And I'm, I am I can't do the wild. Like if anyone's ever like, let's go camping. I go, not me. I'm not the one. And you're going to throw me in the jungle. My house landed in the jungle or about a waterfall. And I'm afraid of heights. So they were up high, really, for a long time. It was terrible. I love that movie, but it's terrifying. <laughs> I'm going to um, slide this one it. in. Have y'all seen Elementals yet? Is that what yes. No, I want to. Ah, do I spoil? Uh, no, don't spoil it. What the? <laughs> not the. Okay, so maybe Michael, you and I can connect on this one later. But yeah, yeah, well, yeah. leading up to the film, you know, Pixar does the shorts. Mm. oh yes there's there's the short and it made me think of that Mm -hmm. and like after watching the short like i looked at my wife my wife looked at me like i had a little tear going on Uh uh-huh yeah maybe i'll connect with you later michael yeah yeah. for sure yes we don't spoil it (laughs) robert you have a scary scariest non-horror movie uh yeah i was gonna say um mad max 
um just living God in like post-apocalyptic <laughs> world <laughs> that's um, also terrifying yeah just thinking like hey you have people that have the gasoline and people that got water and people that got the ammo and and then just living that's really you know that's surviving day to day and you know how oh, man and having to <laughs> just seeing them go through the desert in packs of cars you know what i mean mm-hmm. it reminds me of phoenix as well but i think it'd be kind of scary that they kind of just live in a post-apocalyptic world and um i think that'd be kind of scary to survive I, you know i i feel like not to downplay um what yvette had talked about like hey we're just surviving day to day paying our bills and stuff like that which i think hey there's more to life hopefully than just working and paying bills but I think about stuff like that. I'm like, oh gosh, that's I, I rather this problem that we have, my first world problems that I have now, than have those kind of problems, you know. And yeah, so, for yeah. sure. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> yeah. When was the last time you acted nonchalant, but inside you were going crazy? Uh, that's a good question. Maybe every day. Every day. I I I have this like exterior that may be calm just like whatever but inside yeah mm-hmm. there's a lot going on that was the correct say, answer this morning i went to go pick up takeout breakfast it was maybe around 11 at this point i was already hangry mm-hmm. there's this group of like seven people in front of me i kind of just lingering right and I'm, I'm like i'm polite i'm just gonna wait behind them but they were just waiting for a table like they were unnecessarily in the way and then I get to the front and then like all the staff disappear. So oh at this point God. I'm just like, yo, so I'm waiting, I'm waiting. But yeah, on the front, like I was pretty like just stone, I guess I'll say emotionless. But deep down, like I was ready to just go in the back and make the breakfast myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Robert, you have one? Yeah. Uh, last night I went to the, went to movies uh, with some friends and this kid went to Harkins. I brought my Harkins cup and I have um, the popcorn rewards because nice. in this economy, you know, <laughs> popcorn's like eight bucks. It um, is. For a small. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's crazy. And, and so this kid, he was probably 15, maybe 16 years old. And he was just kind of playing around. And I'm all for like trying to make, you know, work fun and stuff like that. But he, I felt like he was just playing a little too much. Like he had a rag and he was like smacking um, the girl right next to him being a little flirt. And I'm just kind of like, you know, a bit much. But, you know, I gave him my phone number like three or four different times because apparently the the computer was having issues. And it, well, what happened first, he was charging me for the popcorn. I said, hey, I want to use my popcorn, my popcorn, re- popcorn reward. And on top of that, with the with the soda refills would have been like around five bucks or something like that. But it was like 13. So I was like, hey. I wanted to get the popcorn reward. And so he had to delete a bunch of stuff and then had to get my number like four or five different ways. And then like his boss was kind of walking around. I kind of wanted to be like, Hey, like, can you help him out? But I feel bad. Cause like, maybe this is his first job, you know? And, and I didn't want to get him in trouble and I don't know mm-hmm. what he needs money for, but at the same time it's kind of like, come on, kid, get together. But, um, but yeah, I was just trying to be cool about it. Just like, yeah, okay. Here's my phone number the fourth, the fourth time, you know? And Damn. I wait, what movie did you see? uh went to go see the little mermaid so, so not elemental okay cool very cool because um, <laughs> I, I can't think of one but your movie story made me think of uh, when we saw elemental a couple weeks ago i hate when i'm in the fucking line okay right you're about to get your thing i know what i want already and we're all in line right i'm like five people back 
And so I assume the person in front of me will also be prepared by the time we get there. They get up. We've been waiting like 15 minutes and I'm like, oh my God, we're going to miss the trailers. I love the trailers. They get to the, they get there and it's as if they've just newly been transported to this spot <laughs> for the first time in their life. Like, oh, I want the, uh, oh, it sounds good. I go, you couldn't decide this. You couldn't decide this. The whole 15 minutes. I was with you. We waited 15 minutes together and you're, oh, a Coke. Do you want a Coke? You couldn't talk to your, there was no communication. Uh, but I had my son with me. <laughs> uh, that, that That's what it reminded me of. Uh, I had to be cool on the outside, but inside I'm cussing these people out, probably throwing them through the the displays, the movie displays that they have around. Like, just decide. I don't know how. Okay, okay, I'm done. What scientific discovery would change the course of humanity overnight if it was discovered? The first one that comes to my mind is um, confirming that there are, is other life outside of earth or like having actual aliens or other beings come and visit us. I would think that would cause chaos, but then also, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it'd be caused chaos, but I feel like it would cause something like either people, you know, be very happy that we're not the only things that live on in the entire universe and we wouldn't be by ourselves. Uh, mm-hmm. But also it does make me wonder like, Hey, would they come over and become our new overlords? Would that be good? Or would that be bad? You know, like um, we could definitely do a lot better, you know, than what we got. But then it could be a lot worse. And then I, I was watching on, uh, I don't know if it was a YouTube video or TikTok talking about how that would, um, again, I'm a finance guy. So they talk about how that would, depending on how the alien life forms would present themselves, would make the markets go crazy. Would it, you know, would it make it go down because they're, they're afraid of them taking over and causing war? Would it be a better, would they share their tech with us? And then that might help the market go better. Things like that. You would find a way to make taxes into this alien storyline. I, I I would have never thought of that. What are the financial ramifications? (laughs) They have lasers. (laughs) He's obliterated. Give them Columbia. everything. There's a laser beam now. <laughs> There's a someone robot man. standing. Someone think of the economy, please. <laughs> My 401k. Oh, uh, I, I thought of aliens too when I was typing these up. And like if they showed up, I feel like like I'm I'm not religious, but I feel like a lot of the religious people, depending, I guess, on on their belief, would sort of be like, well, fuck, we were wrong. Or like or whatever they their belief is, right, on, on life and God, whatever that may be to them. And then I thought, because we just started watching Secret Invasion, uh, uh, the Marvel thing about scrolls who come to Earth, but they could shapeshift to look like us. And there was a back and forth of like, well, why why can't we just live here? And Nick Fury, Samuel, played by Samuel Jackson, is like, uh, you know, why 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 can't scrolls and humans coexist? And Samuel Jackson in his, you know, typical Samuel Jackson voice is just you know, just says we humans can barely get along with humans. What makes you think we can get along with another life form that's as smart as us or or better? I think humans would have a huge problem if if aliens did show up. I don't even think it would matter if they were trying to destroy us or trying to just befriend us. I think humans would figure out a way to be like, they're fucking with us. They're going to get us. Let's kill them. I feel like that's probably typical of, of humans. Uh, so I, I thought of aliens too, yeah. Yvette, I think it? mine would be like a technology that would finally 
allow Elon Musk to get us to the to Mars for whatever reason and, and things like that. I choose to die on this earth and that's how I'm going. But I know that humans freaking are so curious and they want to do so much more. Mm-hmm. So I think that technology would change humanity on this planet and also you know within space that would be interesting i'll be dead by then i'll be fine i'll be watching from the heavens but i'll be rooting for us i can't i can't wait till it happens next week and i'm gonna text you <laughs> and be like you didn't you say you'd be, you'd be dead um change of plans <laughs> change of plans <laughs> isaiah i'll take it a different route i'm not too much into science so i'll go social science and oh the discovery that social and emotional health is real and then it matters for development Mm -hmm. i would almost push back a little because i i I study psychology and i love i think we know it's real i think it's just people not accepting you know i because the stuff i i still have trainings for work obviously and the stuff we we learn for how to raise kids and how to talk about emotions and labeling them it's there. I just, I just feel like people are willfully ignorant. Unfortunately, I don't know that that's my perspective is I think all, I think the evidence is there for how we should treat people, how we should raise kids, how we should deal with our emotions. And, but even though I know all this, I still have shit that I'm dealing with shit that I'm unpacking. So, I mean, yeah, hopefully maybe discovered real to where it's like undeniable. Um, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna leave. No. Uh, <laughs> what's the most awkward thing that happens to you on a regular basis? I have one, and it's disgusting. So I can go first if y'all. At work, I don't know how y'all feel about this. I don't like pooping at work. I don't. I want to poop either in the morning before I go to work, or at night when I get home. I don't like it. And <laughs> and it's it's a grown up bathroom, so there's nine stalls and so i go i'm like okay i can hold it till my break i'm not gonna go and so i went on my break i went in and i did a quick poop like look under the stalls and there's somebody there i go okay i'm gonna come back in five minutes so i went out i was just on my phone i set a timer five minutes later i went back in there's three people in the stalls i go what is happening why is everybody right now maybe okay so i leave i set another five minute timer i'm just like i just want to I just want to poop. This is so terrible. And then I went in. I couldn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. I couldn't hold it anymore. I had some things were going to happen. I went in. There was a person washing their hands. I go, cool. So they're leaving. That's my thing. If my, I joke with uh, Serena, I'm like, I need my poop cycle to be in a way. Like I can't, if it, if it's off, I can't do it. Like it's, it's, it's terrible if it gets thrown off. Okay. Now that I've grossed everybody out. It's interesting, though, the spectrum on that, because, like, my wife is, okay, I'm not going to call out anybody, because, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe I went not. too far already. <laughs> um, you said my knife. My, my knife. knife. My knife is very personal within that and doesn't like public spaces <laughs> and restrooms. So I'm very different from my knife. And, like, it's time to go. It's time to go. Like, I'm not playing around, you know? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's very interesting. Different folks out there. I have a cousin that was very similar, like, is like public restroom? No, I'm gonna wait an hour until I go home. Like, no, I don't know. I'm not gonna make it two minutes. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, or I'll wait till I get to a QT because they have a quick trip. They usually have fairly clean bathrooms. So is that is that your answer, Isaiah? 
Also no, pooping? Um, oh, okay. No, no, no. Like, no shame. <laughs> no, no, I'll do what I got to take care of. Um, My daughter's lack of a filter. She's like seven and I get it, you know, not fully understanding certain things to say and not to say. But I also feel like she loves to put me on blast. Um, I was dropping her off at like summer camp, day camp Wednesday. And like one of the camp counselors was like, oh, good morning, Delilah, who did your hair today? And Delilah like thought about it. And then the counselor asked again, like, who did your hair? I was like, who did my hair? Oh, my dad. I get my daughter ready in the morning, in the mornings before school and camp. And then the counselor was like, oh, yeah, Delilah was saying that you only know how to do one hairstyle and this is all you can do. And I was like, damn, like, how did me shame me? Like, like it kind of hurt a little bit, but I was like, you know, yeah, like, all right, cool. And I rock the one, okay? Yeah, you know what? I rock that one. I do it well. Slick ponytail. (laughs) Sometimes I'll like color coordinate the rubber band so it's like blue green, blue green. Throw in a bow sometimes, like it's nice. Yeah, you'd be proud of that pony, Robert. Yvette, one that came up to my mind is, I guess at the gym when you are heading towards the same machine as someone else. Uh, so there's only it's mostly happens to me with the squat racks. There's three squat racks. I try to do it on Monday or Tuesday, so early on in the week um, is what I try to do. Unfortunately, that's when everybody and their moms goes usually Mondays and Tuesdays. I, as soon as I see a squat rack open up, I don't like waiting in front of it. I like I always feel that's way too awkward. I feel like it's kind of rude when people start waiting on me. I'm like, dude, I got even if I have one more squat, one more rep, I tell them I got two more or three more, and just out of spite, we'll do it. But anyways. But so anyways, I see a squat rack open and I try to look like I'm walking towards it, but kind of not because just in case if someone comes and takes it, I don't look like an idiot that got cut off. But at the same time, I want to look like I'm heading towards it. So I don't know. I always feel awkward. And, and it's happened maybe once or twice where I get there just right before the person gets there and they've asked me, are you going to use it? I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm going to use it. And I'm just like, I'm standing here. Why are you asking? Me? <laughs> You're in mid squat. Uh, this has been brought up a couple of times. Uh, what is a gym? No, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> is it frowned upon to just run full speed to the next machine? I've seen people do that. It's kind what? of irritating, but I've seen people do that. Yeah. Okay. But like the people I see do it, they're like youngsters. So. Oh, okay. Okay. I was going to say, Robert, though, something I personally do is like if I see someone in between sets, I'll ask them like, can I take this when you're done? I don't like to ask like how long, how much more. I really don't care. I just want, well, I want it when you're done. Uh-huh. So I've been doing that lately and it's kind of been working. Something I really want to do though, is like you mentioned when like y'all intersect, I want to be like, I'll play you rock, paper, scissors for it. Nice. That's how we handle things as adults. Like I'm not yeah. going to make it awkward. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want to do. But like when I'm on a pump and like my mind is like on 400 milligrams of caffeine, like I don't know if I can be at that capacity. Yeah. So I want to try it though. Yeah. And the thing is, my thing, I like working out by myself. And so if someone were to ask me, can I work in with that? I'd be like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. say no, but I'd be like, really, dude? Like, this is my my time, my personal yeah. I'd be like, I, I think if I get there first, I'd be like, no, no rock, paper, scissors. I got here first. By yes, a step, yeah. you know, I don't know. I'd just be like, eh. put a flag in the ground. This is <laughs> yeah. mine. <laughs> That's when you lick Wait. the bar. Is that yeah. also frowned upon? I've never been to a gym. So is licking the bar. Okay, it's guess. not frowned upon, but that's definitely how you get like mouth COVID for three years. <laughs> <laughs> Those bars are nasty. I'll take a, a towel or they have like the wipes and I wipe every single bar I touch on the floor. Uh-huh. Okay. 
That's so maybe all right. Ooh, I don't know if I want to. I'm gonna go here. So I don't know. Like I'm not on social media. My wife sends the tents tends to send me TikToks. A lot of TikToks. She right. sent me this one of like this guy talking about getting like a really bad eye infection, and like he thought it was pink eye, but he had like gonorrhea in his eyeball from people like free balling at the gym and not wiping down the equipment. And maybe we'll take that back to a new fear unlocked because that is a fear unlocked. Uh, People just like it's disgusting. And like I see it a lot where people just leave a space and it's just like sweat marks and stains. Like I sweat a lot. So maybe this is just something personal for me. But I wipe before and after and I sanitize before and after. But it's not very very common. Kind human. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's actually something that I've been like learning like running on the treadmill i actually watch people and how they work out because i don't have the confidence to like even get into the weight training side i want to but i'm not there yet but i'll watch like how the girls especially because i'm like how are they not intimidated by these buff guys um but they'll walk in and so i'll start learning i'm like oh wipe before got it and then people wipe after i'm like i sweat too okay wipe after the machine so if i'll sit on the bicycle like now i know i'm, I'm learning i'm watching eventually i'll get on that level and i totally want to do the rock paper scissors but yeah. i don't have the confidence yet i'm i'm working on that yeah i like it taking uh, notes instead of rock paper scissors what if it's who can tickle who first to make them laugh and then you both just start tickling each other i'll start no, laughing before not... it even gets there <laughs> oh, no. Eva, Eva yeah lost again damn yeah um where are you not welcome anymore? For me, it's gyms, apparently. Uh, <laughs> yeah, where are you not welcome anymore? And if you don't have like a like a hard stance of like, you know you're not welcome, maybe you don't feel welcome. Mine's going to be a little different, but I feel like it's it's very eternal. It's um, or internal. I'm not welcome in my past anymore because every now and then I tend to... Girl think about these things and i'm not the same person that i was back then and i feel it and so i'll just look back at my past and it's not me i'm not that same yvette anymore and i need to fucking get out of there because i'm not welcomed and just accept the yvette that i am now in this present time i'm 30 fucking five years old and i'm not 19 i still mentally feel like a 19 year old but i need to let that go i'm not welcome in my past anymore that's my that's a good one i thought you were gonna say like kfc um <laughs> robert's like there's this pho place in tempe <laughs> i called it pho and they kicked me out um is it supposed to be funny or serious because it, it could be whatever okay. however it's however you take the question I'm, I'm like um okay so somewhere i don't feel too welcome so i grew up mormon i grew up uh, a member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and I did the whole Mormon thing. I was a very, very good little Mormon boy. Went on my mission, went to BYU, Hawaii, but I'm bisexual. And so I um, I don't feel very welcome at church or a lot with even some of my very Mormon friends. I do feel welcome with the more liberal ones, but most of Mormons are very conservative, uh, socially, politically and stuff like that. So I didn't want to get too deep, but it's, you know, religious trauma material for another episode i suppose but that's one place i anything relating to religion especially more high demand uh conservative (laughs) religions like mormonism i feel very unwelcome so Mm -hmm. no they and and then it's it's whatever answers 
y'all have right like that that's why i love doing this and having different people on it's you get the the range of stuff and if i could go to bali total fitness i mean would i actually go <laughs> like it's you know so we get thoughtful to to silly i used to be banned at best buy for shoplifting but i've been there many times since so what did you shoplift if i may interrupt don't worry about it it was a cd <laughs> allegedly a it was, cd uh, it was a cd oh, come uh, on. it was Ooh. a it was a r&b mix cd i was 25 i no i was i was i was stupid uh so they're like you're never you can never come to best buy again and so i didn't i didn't leg, i legit didn't go for like six years so i'm like i could never go and i thought how do they how would they be able to keep track and so i went and i was frantic the whole time thinking they'd be like we found you <laughs> we Get told out. you um <laughs> throw them in the box but uh they didn't know so i've i've been many times that that's the only thing i could think of i i definitely maybe not a place i've talked with isaiah about like we had some drama in the fraternity with with my brothers here at arizona and us other brothers and uh it was it was a very ignorant thing that happened uh i feel on their part so i don't feel welcome in that sense but i i know the the relationships i've built with with brothers like isaiah is one of my fraternity brothers and and that's all i need right we found each other we have it we don't really need the other stuff that comes with it and so i sort of don't feel welcome on the on the bigger stage um of it but I know who I have in my life, and that's that's really all that matters. How about you, Isaiah? For me, this one was a hard one to think about. And like, I don't really feel like I have too many of those. And I really appreciate you, Yvette, for like acknowledging that internal one, because similarly, like I try to not my per- I try to unwelcome myself to going back to those dark places and spaces, not to where it's like cancel culture of like it never happened. We don't talk about it. More of like not sitting and dwelling in it more of Mm. like okay i'm here for a second let's get out of there and be somewhere better so i think still like on my own personal healing and growing like path and journey it's not like a one pill solves all it's still like a continual growing process Mm -hmm. um and similarly to you robert like i mentioned i'm not religious i do have like some aspects of faith and i think internally i still struggle with that at times um, and like, I feel like I don't feel welcome a lot of times, even though a lot of times religious spaces are quote unquote welcoming. Um, I just don't feel like a part of it. Or I feel off. Like, I don't feel like I should be here. I feel ingenuine or imposter or just strange. Mm. Last question. If we can all do whatever we were doing and Robert can go see Elemental. Um, <laughs> if you... If you had to disappear and start a whole new life, what would you want your life to look like? We'll throw money at you too. Like, like money's not a, a question. I think Go. for me, that one's a struggle being that I have like my immediate, like newer family. Like I wouldn't want to leave that. They can, so Okay. I, how about they can come with you? Asshole. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking the same because it, yeah. it's almost like thinking about if you want them to come with you, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm leaving my I, son. 
Um, (laughs) Don't let him know. I think personally, I love everything that I currently have going in my life, but kind of talking about like what Robert was talking about in school, how like there's just not enough like financial literacy happening. Mm. I think that if we learned in elementary and even in high school numbers and how it works and and knowing that you said money doesn't matter, but in this, you know, theoretical question here, but I feel like if I had that, it would have made me a much better like decision maker because I would understand Mm. things more instead of just kind of letting everyone else decide for me. So in this life, I would have everything I have today, but I would also have this confidence and this financial literacy and understanding of how society and the work and the government and taxes and all that works because I would be a fucking like force. Honestly, I'm trying to learn that right now. So I know I have it. There's like this potential, (laughs) but in that lifestyle, I would already have it. And I would just be a confident, courageous motherfucker. Like it would be amazing. I just, I know that that's so important because my family is so, and I think a lot of us, the minority, the mindset is very much this poor lifestyle. And it's not because we're poor necessarily. It's just because we're stuck in, and we don't know how to think any differently. And we think that we're supposed to work so freaking hard for the money. Um, That's not the case. There are easier ways to make money, but we all have to be taught it. So for me, I think what I have now, but with financial literacy, I'll be so much better. I'll be a fucking queen, literally. Robert, Isaiah? Um, That was beautiful. Yeah. Geez, I feel like I'm, I don't know if I'm going small here, but I just thought, I went to school. I went to college in Hawaii. So I did um, a year at ASU, then did my Mormon mission for two years, came back. I went to Canada. So I got to see all four seasons uh, for my first time, for the first time in my life. So I felt kind of gypped coming back to Arizona. I'm like, gosh, I only see hot, you know, summer, summer, and and summer, summer. (laughs) So I thought, I'm like, you know what? I got I just got this bug that I needed to get out of Arizona. So I applied to schools in different places, ended up going to Hawaii. I went to school out there and um and so my mind the first place that came to my mind was having a a house not something big but a house right next to the ocean um in Hawaii and maybe having like a small little business on the side where someone can take care of it and I just check in every now and then but I was thinking because I feel kind of like what mm-hmm. we're talking we're always on the hustle but people on the island are just always like Hey, man, take your time. I remember uh, one of my first jobs that I had out there, my boss was like, hey, I need you to go get this from the shop. So I'm like going and running. And he was a Hawaiian Samoan guy. And he was just like, he's like, hey, take your time. No need to rush. Just take your time. And I'm just kind of like, so very different from what I'm used to in the Mexican hustle, you know, growing up Mexican. And, and hey, you got to work when you're at work, you're doing this and constantly busy. Um, and so I just really liked how time goes by so much slower on the island it literally feels like it does but then people just take their time doing stuff and i just feel like i would love being right next to the ocean right next to uh nature and just taking my time and not having to worry about a whole lot of things i think um bitch you read my journal so that's that's what (laughs) i would i i thought of i thought of the island i thought of the philippines but it's kind of rough over there uh at the moment for people who, who are LGBTQ, so uh, maybe not there. So then I popped to Hawaii. I'm like, oh, that's kind of close. <laughs> kind of Filipino-ish. I think I would love to be, I don't know if I'd want to be a teacher, but I love doing voices when I read books to my kids. And I've been told several times, like, I do acting. I should figure out how to get into voice acting because I can do 
a lot of different voices. And I think that'd be cool. I could re- work remote, record it. I've seen, trying to remember the name of the documentary where they just followed voice actors and they work from home. They speak into the thing. They get paid. If it's a Pixar movie or whatever, or even commercials, you do the voice over the commercial. And I think that'd be amazing. I thought of being an actor, but I don't know if I'd want to be famous. I think I just want to be, oh, you were in that one movie, right? Like the kind of guy, you know, you, you know, you've seen before, but you can't place him. So like the second level, not totally famous, but, but physically I'd love for um, my family without our son uh, to be in Hawaii. He um he doesn't deserve it. He can stay with me, little Oliver. He can stay with me. Ty, he can work for you, <laughs> and, but make him run to everything. That's where you got to compensate, right? Uh, make him hustle. Uh, yeah, Isaiah. Ah, this was a tough one. I think I'd go one of two paths. One of them, or maybe they could both potentially merge. But one of them would be to be healed a lot sooner than later. Mm. I think I was very blind to my adverse childhood experiences, we'll call them, um, and like acknowledge them in my early mid-20s, but was still unaware of how they were impacting me and my performance outward. Mm. And it wasn't until like essentially this time last year where that journey began um, because of a huge life-disrupting event that literally was going to foretell like the rest of my family future. So, yeah, I mean, potentially learning that sooner or acting upon that sooner and really like processing it and healing it sooner could have prevented so much. And at the same time, sometimes I think, you know, things happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, I am where I am today. I am who I am today because of that. So that's where I kind of struggle of like, "Mm, if I could, I would have been. Um, and alternatively, or additionally, um, I'd love to be able to live a life where, like, the cost of living and capitalism wasn't so consuming. Hmm. To be able to have, like, a home on the Greek coast and just live. Yeah. And not have to worry about so much. Um, you could open a be- gym. Can open no, gym on the Greek coast. Don't do it. And then I can go to your gym. Yes. There you and go. You could lick the bar. I could lick the bars. I'll wipe it after I lick it. And then just playing people rock, paper, scissors. Exactly. Uh, like yeah. this is the dream. Um I, I appreciate y'all for your time and your words. This was these always uh uplift me and I love getting to to talk to y'all. Have a great rest of your weekend, rest of your life. Um until <laughs> people are going to Mars and Yvette gets called out on social media thanks y'all thank you talk to y'all later nice meeting you too bye (laughs) you're doing too much human doing you're not doing any human being like you're just doing too much yeah